If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens. Welcome back, my pet lovers. Today, we are going to be talking about bringing a new dog into your home. Now, as exciting as this can be, there's also a lot of questions that come up during this whole process. How do I get my home ready? How do I make sure that my new dog or cat doesn't get lost? How do I help them integrate with my family? And that's where our guests today are going to come in. They're going to help us navigate this new family member joining your team and answer some of the questions that you might have about what to do and how best to approach this whole situation. And our first guest is the author of a really terrific book. It's called What to Expect When Adopting a Dog. It's my dear friend, Diane Rose Solomon. She is a longtime animal rescuer and educationalist. She's also a certified humane education specialist, and she's going to be talking with us today about some of these important topics that we need to know when bringing a new dog into your home. So welcome to the show, Diane. Really, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. All right, so let's start off. First big question, I suppose, when somebody's thinking about bringing in a new pet, should they be bringing in a new dog? Is it, what, what should they be thinking about before they even start? How do I know if I'm ready for the commitment of bringing a dog into my home, into a home maybe that hasn't ever had a dog before? Yeah, for me, there's a lot of like readiness questions. And, you know, there's a lot of people that don't put too much thought into it. They just kind of know that they're ready. And that's fine. But I think in this day and age with so much information, it's, it's a really good idea just to pause for a moment and say, are we ready? This is a commitment. This is a, another breathing life. And mm-hmm. we're responsible. And so it's really, you know, do we have this setup for it? Do we have um, an apartment that or a home that allows dogs to, to come live in it? Mm-hmm. Do we have a yard if we want to have a dog that we want to throw a ball to? You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. do we have neighbors living downstairs? Are we planning on having a baby soon? You know, there's just a few things to think about, more than a few, a lot of things to think about before you just do it because you don't want to say, oops, that was a mistake because then everybody suffers. Right. And I think any kind of pet, you have to understand that particular type of pet and what the commitment is for that particular type of pet. And a lot of people are just thinking, oh, a dog, that sounds so great. But of all pets that are out there, they're one of the biggest commitments that you can make. Um for bringing in a a new animal. So let's say that we've decided, okay, I'm bringing in a dog. I'm going to get one and I'm excited to bring it home. You mentioned some things about the home environment in particular. So let's talk about that. What are, what are some of the preparations that should be happening in the home? And maybe even talk a little bit about what's the difference between preparing your home for maybe a new young dog, like a puppy or, you know, still an adolescent dog versus an older, um, more mature dog. What are the differences? Right. Well, one of the things, one of the suggestions that I always make, and it kind of sounds funny, but is to get down on all fours to doggy height or puppy height so that you can assess the situation and dangers from their vantage point. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure, you know, there's a lamp that's plugged into a wall. A puppy is likely going to chew it. <laughs> Not the lamp, but, but the cord. Or a young dog, especially if they've got separation anxiety, they're going to chew it. So you want to make sure that things like that are not in the area where your dog is going to be. 
Mm-hmm. And you want to consider a crate. There's a lot of dogs that are really great in a crate, and there's crate training. I'm not a professional trainer, so I can't speak to that. But you can't leave a dog in a, tr- a crate all day. But it's a great tool to use for when you're going to be out for an hour or two, or even while you're at home and you can't be watching a dog 24-7. It's just not possible. You have to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't want to be throwing a dog into a crate. It's just a good tool. Or some people use baby gates in the house so a dog can't get to a certain area. But your, your point is really well taken that a puppy is going to be making a mess in the house more likely mm-hmm. or going to be chewing more stuff. So you want everything up and away. You want to be taking the same precautions with anything like antifreeze or because dogs actually like the taste of antifreeze. We might not. Mm-hmm. But it, it's lethal for them. Or there's a there's lists of foods that are lethal for dogs that you want to just make sure that are locked away that you would never have thought of before that you might leave out on your counter. Mm-hmm. And you want to go do the same thing outdoors in your yard. You want to get down because sometimes we don't realize there's a little hole or a potential hole that a dog can dig out underneath a fence. And you want to make sure that a fence is high enough. Our most recent dog, we brought him home and the people that brought him to us, we got really lucky, they brought him to us. They said, I think that he can jump that fence. And I said, I think you're right. And we had to make our fence higher. Mm-hmm. These are just things you have to see. So you want to get down and you want to look up too. Okay. So let's say you got your home ready. The physical space is ready. You mentioned a crate. What other kinds of things should I have on my shopping list before I've got my new dog coming into the home? What kinds of things do I need to be thinking about? You know, gosh, I need to have X, Y, Z physical products in my home ready to go before I even bring them home. Right. Well, um, one of them I say, always wait to get the collar until you get the dog. (laughs) (laughs) You might get the wrong size collar. So wait till you actually have the dog. Um, Obviously a leash and a a leash that is a regular six foot leash. You don't want any of the retractable leashes. They are really dangerous for both the dog or you or anybody passing by. Um, Some dogs need a harness. Um, both of my dogs have a funky collar. It's called a halty. It goes around their nose. It helps me walk them much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, some dogs just aren't great walkers, especially in the beginning. Um, goes without saying, dogs need dog tags, <laughs> um, <laughs> microchip, you know, uh, just food and water bowls. You don't think, you know, you might not think about that, but they're going to need food and water bowls. Um, treats, toys. They need some poop bags. <laughs> you, need a, you need a lot of poop bags. I think the poop bag um, is one that I, a lot of new pet parents I don't think think about, and then they go, oh, God, I've got to pick that up now. Oh, what am I going to do? Yeah, poop bags are a big one for preparation. <laughs> I mean, my, my sister lives in rural Vermont. She doesn't have to do that, but I live in Los Angeles. We have to do that. So right. most, most, most vicinities, you know, will, will, you have to pick up poop. So a good eco-friendly poop bag is great because then it's biodegradable. Um, a dog bed. It's really important, you know, not every dog is going to sleep right next to you in the beginning. Um, they might be in a different room. They might be in a crate next to you. But my dogs have some really cool dog beds all around the house. And mm-hmm. we even have like a dog bed cover that allows us to wash the dog bed really easily. Um, it's a specially made dog cover. So that's really cool. And um, there's actually um, some eco-friendly lint rollers. you got to have lint rollers. The lint rollers are not too eco-friendly, you know, if you have a dog that sheds. Right. So there's these eco-friendly lint rollers. Now, they're pretty cool. That's not a required before you have a dog, but just a good thing to have. Um, shampoo, 
you know, doggy shampoo is important to have if you're going to be bathing your dog, especially if they just came home. Uh, if they're a rescue dog, they're probably you know, a little, they could be a little dirty coming from the shelter, they're probably needing a bath. And I always say, you know, make an appointment with your vet immediately. You want to get them checked out. And then the next one after the vet is find a trainer. Mm-hmm. That's um, find perfect. A yeah. It's, yeah. Find a trainer or find a class you can sign up for. And if they're not starting their class immediately, call the trainer and say, can you come get us started? You want the dog behaving in your home the way you want them to. Manners, you want them to get socialized. It's so important. That, that's a perfect segue to what I was going to ask about next because the next big worry I think is, okay, I've got all the stuff. My house is ready. But once I get them here, what am I going to be doing to blend them into my family? So a tip like that about getting that trainer in there. What other kind of tips do you have for folks about integrating the new dog into the family so that they feel comfortable? Because you mentioned, you know, separation anxiety, and especially for dogs that are coming from a shelter or rescue situation, that might be a really big concern. Um, I recommend really long walks, (laughs) lots of exercise. Um, having a, a well-exercised dog is so important, and of course, it's always good for you. It gives them a chance to get to know their neighborhood. It gives them a chance to get to know you better. Um, and again, if, if, you're, if your dog is good walking in a leash, hallelujah, go, go for it. And if they need a little help, they'll, they'll get better. They'll get better. And again, that's where the training really comes in handy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, walking... Um, exercise classes, there are fitness classes, that, but that, that's not required right when you come home. So like the real basics, what can every, you know, just about everybody do immediately? Take a walk with your dog, get them well exercised. They're going to be less likely to be chewing. They're going to be less likely to be tearing stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're well exercised, they're going to sleep. Awesome. You know? Yeah. It's, it's not a, a cure all. A, t- a tired dog is a, is a good dog. Um, now, yeah. let's, Let's talk a little bit specifically about your book. Tell it, tell folks about the book oh. and what they can expect um, if they go out and get that book, which I do highly recommend that they get it. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. It's, um, it's five modules, and it really takes you through the whole process of dog adoption, starting where we started a few minutes ago. Am I even ready for this, for this whole process? Mm-hmm. and it, uh, there's questionnaires. And you, you started actually talking about that a little bit. That, that was awesome. And then, where do I even go? Some people say, I'd like to go to the shelter. I'm not even sure where my shelter is. Or, or what if I've heard about the you know, ways to find dogs online through some of the organizations. Um, how might I do that? Or about rescue groups. So I share how to make that easy. Then some of the things that you might need and want and need to do. We were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. But then some of the more um, advanced bonding and advanced pa- dog parenting activities that you might want to do. And then at the very end of the book, I talk about some health stuff and um, some, you know, senior dog stuff. So if you're new to the dog parenting world, you don't have to read the back of the book in the beginning. If you're sort of <laughs> been there, done that, you might not need the very beginning part of it. So it's kind of well-rounded and gives, there's a little bit there for everybody. And the second edition is coming out right now. And it's really exciting. It's and where really can exciting. they find it? Tell us where we can find out more about it. Well, Amazon is where it's being sold at the moment, and all other e-retailers. Um, anybody that goes into their local bookstore can ask them to get the book through IndieBound. The booksellers will know what that is as well. And um, you can always check out my website, DianeRoseSolomon.com, for more information. Fantastic. And the book is What to Expect When Adopting a Dog. 
Correct. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Diane, for sharing some time, time with us today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Stay tuned, pet lovers, because when we come back, we're going to be talking about some great new ways that you can actually find that forever pet. Or if you're looking to, to rehome your pet, because that's something that happens too, unfortunately, we've got an incredible new service to help you fi- help your pet find a new forever home. That's what's coming up next on Pet Lover Geek, brought to you by Pet Hub on Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you ever felt like you're struggling with making it as an artist, trying to manage the wild ups and downs of a creative life? Listen to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast, where we are empowering an army of artists on the leading edge. We'll be talking to experts and other artists about how to overcome your blocks and really excel at your craft so that you can unabashedly claim your space. I'm your host, Holly Shaw, best-selling author and creativity coach, and my mission is to help you find your edge. Look for a new episode every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek. Did you know that recent studies show approximately 6.5 million animals enter shelters in the United States each year? 
6.5 million. That's like a, a number that I can barely even comprehend. And the ASPCA has revealed that around 45% of these animals are surrendered by their owners who just either no longer want to or no longer can care for them. And, you know, you know the kind of thing that somebody got old, they can no longer keep them in their home. Maybe they, they're moving to a place that doesn't allow animals, which for me, I'd never move uh, if that was the case. But, but still, there's something that means that they can no longer care for these animals. And, and really, the best way that they can think of is to give them to the shelter so that somebody else can take them into their home. Well, those of us who are, have been, you know, looking at the pet industry for a while and have done the whole thing, we know that there's not always the best situation in those shelters, and, and we wish that there was a better way. Well, what if there was a better way? What if there was a better way for these pets to stay out of shelters and to find their forever home in a different way? Well, today we're going to be talking to Angela Marcus. She's the co-founder of Get Your Pet, and it's a really cool new online system for pet parents that allows them to surrender their pets and find the new family all in one and keep them out of the shelter. It's really great. I, I just love it when I hear about folks that are working on solving problems using these great technology that we have out there in the world rather than just complaining about the problem. So I'm super excited to talk to Angela. Angela, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. Okay, I want to start off first by what what made you want to start this this Get Your Pet? I mean, I mentioned a little bit how, you know, shelters don't always give the best opportunity for these pets. So why did, why did you start it? What, what was your inspiration? The inspiration behind GetYourPet.com truly came out of firsthand experience for me. I, as you were just mentioning, the shelter system in our country is is flawed, right? I was the operations director for the Pennsylvania SPCA for about six years, based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And every day someone was coming into the shelter saying, I need to find a home for my pet. And I was saying, gosh, we don't need them here. (laughs) We don't want them here. You know, we already have enough pets that are coming to the shelter, whether they're stray animals or victims of cruelty and neglect, and our resources are already so strapped. And I thought, you know, why, why can't we enable or empower people to do the right thing by their pet? You know, nobody gets a pet thinking, I'm going to get rid of this pet someday. No one plans for that because none of us expect for something like that to happen. So for for us, it was, or for me, it was really just this this thing I was seeing on a day-to-day basis. And I realized we could do better. There's something that we can do and we can use technology to enable and empower people to do the right thing by their pet. Yeah, and I, I, I see it when I, when I first thought, I was like, oh my God, it's like Airbnb or Uber or, or Lyft or something. Like this, it takes this whole idea of crowdsourcing that is really big right now uh, and applies it to this whole issue of rehoming pets. I think that's rather genius. Um, so let's, let's, let's get to the nitty gritty. Well, yeah, I mean, just to, yeah, sorry, just to, just to follow up on that. I mean, it was just sort of perfect timing. I was seeing these two-sided marketplaces pop up, these, mm-hmm. these things, these, these websites that, ha- that one side of the equation had something and the other, uh, or had a need, and then the other side of the equation wanted something. So mm-hmm. I just thought, let's put them together. Yeah, that's genius. It's awesome. Okay, so let's, let's talk about this equation. Tell us about, there's two sides of this. So tell us first, like somebody says, okay, I, for whatever reason, I just can't keep my dog or my cat or ferret, whatever, uh, anymore. And I really want to rehome them. So tell us how they go about adding their pet into the Get Your Pet system. Very simply, they visit us at getyourpet.com. They click the orange get started button on our homepage. You know, you get two sort of routes that you want to take. Either Mm -hmm. you have to find a home for your pet or you're looking to adopt. You create your pet's profile. You answer a bunch of questions about your pet. Tell us all about him or her. Is she 
Is she, you know, good with other dogs? Does she like kids? Um, you know, also everything's based on location, right? Mm-hmm. You want to adopt a pet that's close to you. So we get some information about you and where you're located. And within a few minutes, um, you can upload three pictures and also a short video um, onto the pet's profile. And within just a few minutes, you can publish your pet's profile and it becomes immediately available to any potential adopter in your area or anywhere else for that matter to see and um, message directly with you. They would be asking you questions directly and you can decide if it's a good fit for your, for your pet. Okay, so then let's say that somebody sees your pet and they're like, oh gosh, this is perfect. This is exactly the kind of pet I'm looking for. What steps do they have to take? What happens on their end? Sure, adopters, they fill out an adopter profile, which is sort of similar to what you would fill out as an adoption application. Um, And that's really to get more information about the adopter for the guardian or the pet owner to quote unquote screen this potential adopter to see if they're the person they're looking for to adopt their pet. And of course, from the site, we provide a bunch of resources, questions to ask, Um, But all of the messaging goes back and forth through the site, similar to like a LinkedIn messaging Mm -hmm. or Facebook messaging. Um, We do that for everyone's safety, but we also want to know when meetups are happening. So we Mm -hmm. require people to schedule meetups through the site. So if the adopter has decided, I like Fluffy, I want to adopt Fluffy, they'll begin messaging. They'll schedule the meetup on the site at a neutral location, maybe a local park. If it's a cat, maybe they will go to someone else's home. But of course, we always recommend that you bring somebody with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if things go well at the meetup and you decide to exchange the pet right then and there, you're more than welcome to do that. You can just let us know by the prompts on the website. You'll be prompted after your scheduled meetup to follow up. Um, but if you want to follow the sort of extended path, you can actually go to the veterinarian together and make sure the pet is healthy prior to adopting. Oh, that's good. Well, I was going to ask about that too. I mean, like, there's a couple, oh, I got so many questions. Okay. <laughs> so how, <laughs> there, there, there's a part of me that's like, this is awesome. And then there's a part of me that's like, let's hang on. Let's think about this for a minute. How are you, you know, guarding against things like flipping? you know, where somebody's gone and stolen a pet from somebody and then is just trying to get rid of it. I mean, the pet adopter, the person that's adopting it out, they're not getting any money, are they, for this? Absolutely not. And that's exactly how we prevent against it. So we have a couple sort of safety measures in place. The first is that the person who's rehoming their pet agrees that they will not ask for nor accept any fee for rehoming that pet. We don't charge them anything to list the pet on the site, and it's actually a violation of our terms and conditions to ask for a fee. Mm-hmm. So there's no way to make money. Uh, secondly, all of the messaging on the site is monitored. That's another reason why we require all of the messaging to go through the site before people start meeting up. Like you literally cannot exchange a phone number or an email through our site. We have functionality building built in to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. So everything is monitored on the site. So we know what conversations are happening 24 hours a day. Every conversation that happens, we see what's happening. Um, and I can tell you from firsthand experience in reading these message threads, People who are looking to rehome their pets this way are like adoption counselors on steroids. <laughs> they're, not, <laughs> they're not the person who's going to, you know, tie up the dog out in front of the shelter. They're doing mm-hmm. this because something's happened. They genuinely care. They want to make sure their pet's going into a good home. And they go way farther than any adoption counselor I ever knew to make sure this pet is going into a good home. Well, uh, man, I, that, that, that's, that's, that could be pretty far. I've done some pretty... Uh let's say militant <laughs> adoption counselors out there in the in the arena let me so it's free for the person that's that's rehoming their pet what about for the person that that is going to be adopting the pet is is there a cost involved there yes there's a 99 dollars adoption fee to the adopter for dogs a 49 dollars adoption fee for cats 
So the $99 adoption fee gets both parties legal documentation of the ad- adoption, right? Legal transfer of ownership documentation, which is important if you ever want to, you know, change the microchip information or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get a voucher to be used at any one of our participating Get Your Pet Veterinarians. So that gets you a free wellness exam. You also get a certificate for 30 days of pet insurance from Trupanion Pet Insurance. And depending on what part of the country you're in, we have retailers that we've partnered with for little ancillary benefits like an engraved pet tag or a free bag of pet food. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it's a pretty comprehensive package for a fairly low price. In fact, it's, you know, about half of what you pay in most normal shelter adoptions. That's awesome. I'm curious. I mean, you're, you came from the shelter industry, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm curious what the response has been from that industry. I mean, like you mentioned, there are some pretty, you know, heavy-duty counselors out there who are very strict about who a pets from their facilities get adopted out to. So they're kind of like the traditional brokers, as it were, of pet rehoming. What do they say? What do they think? Well, believe it or not, shelters are truly excited about GetYourPet.com, and I'll tell you why. So like you're saying, adoption counselors can be really stringent about adoption policies, but well, Get Your Pet is about making the pet the individual. That pet doesn't always need a fencing yard. You know, plenty of people walk their dogs on leashes. So mm-hmm. shelters are recognizing that more and more and, and lowering these, these sort of blanketed criteria across the board. But GetYourPet.com's process is really a win-win for everybody, right? The person giving up their pet, they get the peace of mind knowing where their pet's going. The adopter Mm -hmm. gets to talk about the pet with the person who knows him and loves him and can tell you everything firsthand. The pet never goes into a shelter, total bonus. But again, we're helping the shelters. Mm -hmm. We're keeping pets out of the shelters. So we're reducing the burden on them so they can repurpose their resources and take those hard-earned donor dollars and and help more pets that absolutely have no other advocate, the stray animals, the victims of cruelty and neglect. So we've had a really amazing response from shelters all across the country, and they've actually um, are implementing us into their surrender prevention processes. That's exciting. I mean, I I have visited with with my day job uh, at PetHub. I have visited dozens of shelters, and it always hurts so much when I go in. I get a little choked up actually remembering it. But I've gone into certain shelters, and there'll be signs saying that if you surrender your pet, they may be euthanized within 24 hours because we don't have room. And it just breaks my heart. And I've seen that in at least a dozen shelters across the United States, and it breaks my heart when I see those. So this, to me, is so exciting. What about those rescue folks, though? Because sometimes they tend to be a little bit more stringent uh, with who they allow, and their their fees usually are really, really high. And they make it a lot of times that way because they want to make sure that only people that can really, truly afford a pet do that. I mean, how are, what's the response there from that other side of the rehoming? Sure. So um, just going back to what you said right there, I mean, one thing people don't always realize is that in most of the country or most of the counties throughout our country, um, in different states throughout our country, surrendered pets are the most at-risk pets because mm-hmm. they don't have any stray time. Mm-hmm. A lot of shelters have to hold a stray animal for anywhere from two days to five days, and that means they cannot be euthanized. So sh- surrendered pets can be euthanized immediately upon intake, and it's not something people really think about or really want to think about. Right. Um, but to, to answer your question about the rescues, we've had a very similar response. They're excited because they, they know that when um, – when you're like the animal person, I'm sure you know, when you're the animal person in your circle, you get flooded with requests for people for help. And until now, they haven't really had a good resource to say, you know what, we are full. These small rescues are doing amazing work, but they don't have as many resources as a big city funded shelter. So they now can say, hey, you know what, we might be able to take that pet in three weeks or two months or whatever. But in the meantime, 
use getyourpet.com to try to find them a home first. I love this. All right. So tell people, uh, you, we said getyourpet.com online. That's the best place to find you guys, right? Yep. You can find us on getyourpet.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Angela. This is such an exciting system. Thank you. All right. Stay tuned, pet lovers. We know we've got a lot more to sniff around and dig into on the show. We've got some really great news, tools, and tech for pet lovers like you. That's coming up next on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you ever felt like you're struggling with making it as an artist, trying to manage the wild ups and downs of a creative life? Listen to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast, where we are empowering an army of artists on the leading edge. We'll be talking to experts and other artists about how to overcome your blocks and really excel at your craft so that you can unabashedly claim your space. I'm your host, Holly Shaw, best-selling author and creativity coach, and my mission is to help you find your edge. Look for a new episode episode every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Pet Lover Geek. Today, we're talking about bringing a new dog into the home and what you need to have prepared. Well, this next segment actually could be for dogs cats, you name it, any kind of pet that would come into your home that has the ability to wear a collar or a harness needs to have 
identification on them. And any kind of pet that you have, except for maybe, I guess, you know, fish, uh, should also be having a microchip in them. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about why identification is important and why we're doing this, this segment as part of this show. It's because, according to the American Humane Association, it's estimated that 10 million dogs and cats are lost or stolen in the United States every single year. And one in three pets will go missing sometime during some point of their life. I mean, those statistics are pretty daunting. So how are they going to get home? They're going to get home through identification. The more powerful identification tools you use, the better chances your pet have getting home. In fact, 90% of lost pets that don't have an ID don't ever get home. So having an ID on the pet is critical. Now, I, this show, of course, is brought to you by PetHub.com. Um, we love PetHub.com and everything they do. Their digital ID products are very powerful. Link to a free online profile for the pet, free 24-7 uh, call center. Make sure you check them out because... As far as I'm concerned, they are the number one uh, external identification uh, tool that you could use for any of your pets. But today we're going to be talking to Amy Gilbreth. She's from Found Animals. In fact, she's the executive director of that company. And they are going to talk to us today about the importance of having many types of identification for your pets, microchips, licenses, physical ID tags, and all those kind of things. So I'm really excited. Welcome to the show, Amy. Really happy to have you here today to talk about my passion, pet identification. Hello, I'm excited to be here. Okay, so first and foremost, let just tell us what's the mission behind Found Animals? What's Found Animals all about? Our mission at the Michelson Found Animal Foundation is saving pets, enriching lives. And when we say enriching lives, we of course mean the lives of the dogs and cats that we serve, but also the people who love them. Cool. And so uh, tell me, uh, how did this organization start? I mean, is it is it's found animals, which to me, if I was just, you know, a regular person, I'd be like, oh, you guys are out finding animals. But it's not, it's not exactly that. So t- t- tell us, like, what's the primary goal of, of what you guys do? We have a very diverse set of programs. We were started back in 2005 by our founder, Dr. Gary Michelson, and he saw what was going on during Hurricane Katrina, mm. which happened in August of that year. And all of those pets that could not evacuate with their families and then the huge mobilization of the animal welfare movement to try and reunite those lost pets with their owners. Mm-hmm. That inspired him to name the foundation Found Animals because our first program was about microchips and registrations. But it's also a play on the dual meaning of the word found. He loves the song Amazing Grace Mm. and once was lost and now I'm found. And so it also relates to the role that pets play in our lives and how their love makes our lives better. Oh, I love that. And as I mentioned earlier, being a responsible pet owner is making sure that you have that comprehensive multiple forms of identification for your pets. So can you just kind of talk a little bit, what are the benefits of having your pets tagged, microchipped, and licensed? It's protection. It's security. It's making sure that your pet gets back to you if they ever get lost. We always recommend that collar tag with your contact information as the first line of defense. Mm -hmm. Your pet gets out and your neighbor or someone around finds your dog or cat. They can call you and get your pet home without the pet ever having to visit the shelter. Mm -hmm. But we know that collars fall off or pets get baths and the collar doesn't go back on for some reason. So the microchip is the only form of permanent identification that's super reliable. So having that microchip is your backup plan 
shelters and veterinarians all over the country, as a matter of practice, scan lost pets for a microchip, and so that can help your pet get home as well. And then, of course, the license shows your municipality that you care about your animal, that you're following the applicable laws, that they're up to date on vaccines, so they don't have to get their rabies vaccine again when they Mm -hmm. enter the shelter if they're lost. Each of those three components plays a role and all three of them working together is the best safety and security for your animal. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Now, here, here's where I think um, w- what Fan Animals does is really important. It, you have this registration program where people can go and register their microchips. But when I go and I look online, if I'm a brand new pet parent and I'm, I'm not somebody like myself who's been in the industry for a long time, I might not know exactly where I'm supposed to register my microchip other than maybe the card that I was given when I adopted them or or what have you. And there are a lot of websites and places online where people can go and, you know, these free microchip registries. And it's frankly a little bit confusing. So what advice do you have for pet parents about about that confusion that's out there about where am I supposed to put my microchip information? You're right. It is confusing. Microchips in general can be confusing to pet owners. A lot of folks think that they are a GPS when they're not Mm -hmm. and don't even realize the importance of registering. And the reality is that the microchip doesn't have a battery. It can only store that one little number, like a social security number for your pet. And you have to register it in a database with your contact information. There are many databases out there and lots of them are fantastic and great. So if you get the card from your veterinarian or wherever your pet was chipped, feel free to use that information to register your chip. If you don't do that or you've got a pet that has a chip and you don't know where it's registered or if, like a lot of people, you don't want to pay the fee to keep your pet registered or to change your contact information, Mm -hmm. that's where we come in. Our database is free. It'll take any brand of chip, and it's always free to register, free to update your information, free to transfer your pet to a new owner. The reason we did that is as a nonprofit, we saw a need in the market to create a system where cost of registration would not create a barrier to getting pets registered and keeping them registered. The good news is that the American Animal Hospital Association runs a tool for pet professionals that provides those pet professionals with a one-stop shop to check where a microchip is registered. So if you put your pet's chip into any of the major registries, you should be safe. Now, let me ask you this. So I, and I know this actually just a conversation I had just this weekend. Uh, what happens if, if, you know, you think, I think I've registered this, but I'm really not sure. And I just moved and gosh, I can't even remember where I registered it. What happens if you go to register it and it's a different place? What, what, what's the danger there? Or, or is there a danger? Is it better just to be safe and sorry and have at least your most current register somewhere? There's no harm in having your microchip registered in multiple places. So it's better to be sure that it's registered somewhere than to not know it all. And mm-hmm. that tool that I talked about before, it's intended for pet professionals, but you as a pet owner, if you know your microchip number, you can check. So you can go to that website, which is petmicrochiplookup.org. You can enter your microchip, and it will show you where that chip is registered. And not only that, it will show you the date that that registration was last updated. So if you have your chip registered in multiple places, when a pet professional searches there, they see where it's registered, and they see the chronology. Mm. So they can start with the most recent registration. That's very helpful. I actually never realized that pet parents could actually go on there themselves. I mean, I've known about the pet uh, chip lookup for a while, but I didn't know that I could actually go and look for myself. That's really... Could you get that uh, that website again so we can make sure we get it on the website? Sure. Petmicrochiplookup.org. 
That's awesome. Now, it's not going to tell you what information is registered. Right. It's just simply going to tell you that that chip is registered with this company, and then it'll give you the contact information for that company should you need to update anything. And so the the veterinarians, though, get that one piece of information. And then just, just for curiosity's sake, what happens then? So they get that information, they see where it's registered, and what happens next? Well, it depends on the, the database that they're dealing with. Some of them, like ours, have an online portal where pet professionals can log in and start an alert to the pet owner or shelters can get that pet owner information. Um, in other cases, they call a hotline and they talk to someone and say, hey, I've, I've got this pet with this number. What do you have as the owner's contact information? So it works in several different ways, but the pet professionals know to reach out to the database where the pet is registered, and Mm -hmm. each of the databases has their slightly different process for getting you in touch with that pet owner. Got it. Cool. And and, and from from my perspective as a pet parent, gosh, I sure wish that everybody did the same. But, um, you know, I really appreciate that groups like you are out there trying to standardize things and make it super easy. Online portals are amazing thing and obviously you know, the wave of the future of where we need to go. So you have other programs that you mentioned, and I want to talk a little bit more about that before we, uh, before we have to leave today. So you're working really hard to help people get involved, volunteering with pets and programs like that. Can you tell me about some of those programs? Sure. In Los Angeles, we function almost like a small shelter or humane society would. We have two adoption centers. They happen to also be retail stores. So you can adopt a pet, which we've pulled from a shelter, but you can also get doggy daycare, grooming, pet products. We do spay-neuter programs. We do public policy and education programs. And on our website, we have all kinds of resources and support for pet owners around microchipping and many other things. Oh, fantastic. I have, I have one other question that I, that I, I kind of want to ask. So when, because this is something that, uh, I hear a lot in the industry when I'm out and about, can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the dangers that come with when people get a microchip and a lot of times they think, Oh, my dog is microchipped. I don't need to worry about anything else. And I, you did mention earlier, uh, about the importance of having an identification tag, but what's, what's the danger of having that attitude of my pet's microchipped, I'm good. The biggest danger of relying on the microchip and not putting ID on the collar is the human factor. Mm -hmm. If your dog gets out and is found by a neighbor who doesn't recognize your dog or is found across town by someone, without that collar, that person who may not even know anything about microchips might think your pet is stray and not lost and may not make the effort to reunite you with your pet. Mm-hmm. Having that visual identification with your contact information makes it super clear to anyone who finds your pet that they have a home that wants them back. If your dog or cat is found wandering without that external identification, someone might very well-meaningly think that they're a stray animal and adopt them and keep them in their own home. Yeah, and, and we hear stories all the time that are devastating to hear, you know, cat gets home after seven years lost because of microchips. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's devastating to hear for both families that were involved with that situation. So thank you so much for adding that because I think that is critical for people to hear. Make sure, uh, I want to make sure we uh, tell people where that they can find uh, found animals online. You can register your microchip with us at found.org. Fan- that's just that easy, found.org. Found.org. It's a great URL. Very descriptive. Come to found.org and all the instructions will be there. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today, Amy. Really great information for everybody. Thank you.
Stay tuned, pet lovers. We're going to talk more about different things that you need to think about when you're bringing a new dog into the home after this. In fact, we're going to talk about a specific type of dog that has been in the news a lot lately, pit bulls and bully-type breeds, and what it means to bring one into your home. We've got a really special guest. She's going to share such an incredible story with us in our last segment, so make sure you stay tuned so you can hear her story. It's really incredible. You've been listening to Pet Lover Geek, brought to you by Pet Hub. We'll be back after just a few messages from Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you ever felt like you're struggling with making it as an artist, trying to manage the wild ups and downs of a creative life? Listen to the Performers and Creators Lab podcast, where we are empowering an army of artists on the leading edge. We'll be talking to experts and other artists about how to overcome your blocks and really excel at your craft so that you can unabashedly claim your space. I'm your host, Holly Shaw, best-selling author and creativity coach, and my mission is to help you find your edge. Look for a new episode every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, pet lovers. Today we're talking with experts about bringing in a new dog into the home and the resources that you need to have in order to do that and have everything just be wonderful so that the experience is great for both you and 
and the new member of your family. Well, our last guest we're going to be talking to today is somebody who not only was able to save a dog, but also was saved by a dog when they welcomed her into their home. Marika Meeks has made it, had just made it through uh, treatment for stage three breast cancer and really needed someone to help her remember the joys of life. And so they decided to bring a dog into their home. And that is where Stella the Pitbull came into their lives. So today we're going to be talking with Marika about the experience of bringing a new dog into a home, a dog that's coming from a rescued background uh, and, and maybe has some challenges themselves, and what that experience was like and how you can do things to change things for the better in your life. So thank you so much for joining us, Marika. Thanks for, for, thanks for the invite. I'm thrilled to be here. Absolutely. Well, and I, and I love your story. So I want to I start off with that. So if you can give us a little bit of your story, Stella's story, what brought you two together and, and what actually made you make the choice to bring a new dog like Stella into your home? Yeah, well, I um, was kind of at the tail end. I was going through radiation, and I really didn't want to do radiation. I had declined chemotherapy, and radiation was just, I just had to do it. So I had decided in an act of defiance that I was going to ride a bike to radiation every day if I was going to have to do it. So it was sort of like one of those small ways of, of having control over a situation that I had zero control over. I was, as a, I was going to ride my bike there, but I had to get a bike because I wasn't at home. I was in Scottsdale, Arizona undergoing treatment. And so I looked for a bike and I went to this lady's house who had a bike for sale and she opened her sliding glass window and these two little dogs uh, ran in. Now, I was not even thinking about getting a dog. I mean, my life was just in such turmoil. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm all the way across the country. And one of the dogs ran up to me. Literally, I got down on my knees. It put its little arms around my waist and just buried its head in my chest. And Aww. I felt, this, yeah, I felt this like vortex of energy that just went whoosh. Yeah. And I was, what the heck was that? So ever since that moment, I really was like felt compelled to adopt a dog. And um, so I kept on looking and looking and looking. I finally got to go back home after treatment. And um, my family was getting fed up with me because I was really anguished, you know, getting, making that commitment and getting a dog because life seemed so uncertain to me at the time. Mm -hmm. And finally, my husband was like, Oh, for the love of God, would you please fill out an application? So I filled out an adoption application. For some reason, I, I, really felt specifically a pull to adopt a pit bull. And um, that's kind of how Stella came into into my life. And um, uh, boy, was it a blessing. Uh, yeah, I, that, that story actually gives me chills. And I know exactly the feeling that you're talking about because just the energy of pure love uh, that can come from a dog is, is really, really amazing. Now, you talked about, you know, you wanted to bring in a pit bull. And I'd love for you to talk about why you made that that decision because, you know, based on a lot of recent studies that in the shelter, animals that are labeled as pit bull or billy breeds sometimes have to wait as long as three times longer to get adopted than any other breed. And there's there's a little bit of a stigma out there. Uh, not a little bit of it. There is a stigma out there about the pit bull and the pit bull type of dog. So talk about why you felt drawn to that type of breed. You know, I'm a very intuitive driven person. In fact, I was the one that diagnosed my cancer, not my mammograms, not my doctor visit. So um, I don't really have an answer as to say X, Y, and Z. I wanted a pit bull, but that's just really where I felt led to go. So um, you're right. Pit bulls do have a a massive stigma against them. And uh, I know here in Maricopa County, um, 85% of the dogs at the shelter are considered to be pit mixes. Uh, And you're right. They spend a lot longer at the shelters. um, And it's really a sad situation. But one of those reasons is it's hard 
for people to find housing that will accept pit bulls and it's hard for people to have insurance that will cover pit bulls. Mm-hmm. So, so those are those are big reasons as to uh, uh, why dogs get returned or why um, they don't get adopted to start with. Well, if you're bringing in a, a, a dog like a pit bull or a, pit, a bully breed or, you know, dogs that, you know, have pit in them, are there things that, th- that you think people need to be aware of? I mean, obviously, you, you mentioned the things with housing, and that's something you would hope that you would be aware of before you even go to adopt a dog. But when you're bringing them into your home, uh, are there things that, that you should be aware of that maybe are different than other dogs you might be bringing into the home? Well, I think, uh, we're, you know, pit bull is such a loose term and people use a certain set of criteria or physical characteristics to say, oh, that's a that's a pit bull. And oftentimes that's not even accurate. Um, so I would say I wouldn't have any pit bull specific advice. What I would do is say, you know, anytime you're bringing in an animal into your home that is unknown, whether it's a little tiny dog or a big dog or a horse or a cat who, you know, you need to respect that animal. You need to give that animal a suitable transition time because their whole world has just turned on end and has changed and although you've taken them probably into a much better environment than the shelter it's a lot of decompressing a lot of de-stressing they need to they need to go through in order to feel safe and actually uh be at home as a as a member of your family well yeah and they've been through trauma many of these dogs especially if they're a pit bull type dog have been in the shelter which is if you've ever walked through a shelter you know how stressful that place can be just from the sheer sound alone um it's super stressful pretty traumatic experience now you know there's a big debate out there uh when people are talking about bringing in a new dog into their home about adopting or rescuing versus buying specifically from a breeder or even a, a pet store um which mm-hmm. i'm not a big fan of pet stores but i but i do understand why people would be drawn to working with a reputable breeder so and a lot of people you know kind of basically ah, rescue shelter dogs you know they're so hard to train they they're not going to be able to blend in my family well because of that trauma stuff that we were talking about and have all these added issues. So I know that you and Stella are big advocates for rescuing. So can you talk a little bit about rescuing and why really rescue should be at the top of your list of something you should be considering when you're looking to get a new dog in the home? I, I agree with that completely. And not only are we advocates for fostering uh, fostering dogs and rescuing dogs, we're also uh, both financially and educationally wise, we underwrite um, initiatives to help support span neuter initiatives because mm. plain and simple, we have too many unwanted cats and dogs. So, you know, it's a big... Um, I feel as though rescue dogs have a lot more depth of character than a, than a puppy that's never really had any any sort of um, uh, conflict in their life. I mean, dogs have to figure out how to go through that, just like people do, and they get exposed to a lot more things. Some some of them, you know, don't cope as well as others, but some of them, you know, I I think it gives them a deeper deeper character and a deeper sense of appreciation mm-hmm. to have that home and be loved. Yeah, we actually, we've experienced this with a cat that we have at our home that was ex- was rescued from a really bad situation. And we say every time that we're petting her, it's like she knows. <laughs> she knows that we saved her from this other life. Um, yeah. And, and you can tell. You can definitely tell. So where can people learn more uh, about what you and Stella do and follow follow your journey? 
Right. Well, they can check out our website at www.incrediblestella.com. And we also have about 34,000 followers on Instagram. And her Instagram handle is incredible, B-U-L-L, Stella. Um, And we just love to sort of spread the gospel, as you mentioned, to encourage people to adopt, not shop, and to give, you know, let's not discriminate against dogs based upon, you know, one dog's action. There's plenty of dogs out there for every one dog that did something wrong that are really fantastic family pets. Awesome. And one thing before we leave, just I want to real quick, can you get in a nutshell what bringing Stella into your life has done for you and your family? Uh, bringing Stella into my life completely gave me my life back. I had a daughter that had left a suicide note. We had not been able to sort of reconnect emotionally. Um, and the day I brought Stella home, she and I instantly fell back in love with each other as we were falling in love with Stella. And from the day Stella came into our home, she completely changed the path of our family's life. And uh, I can't thank her enough. Oh, God. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it, Marika. Thank you for having me. And remember, pet lovers, bringing a new home into a new, excuse me, a new dog into your home is a really big step. It's a big decision. You need to make sure that you enter it with care and thoughtfulness. There's a lot of time, like Marika mentioned, that you're going to need to get to know one another. You bond. You learn to live with one another. But there are lots and lots of great resources and examples out there, like Marika and Stella's story, on how to make it easy and comfortable and really stable for you and your new furry family member. I want to thank all the guests that we had on today's show, Kim Pacciotti from Empowered Puppy, Angela Marcus from Get Your Pet, Amy Gilbreth from Michelson's Found Animals, and Marika Meeks with the purposeful pit bull Stella. Remember that Pet Lover Geek has lots of stuff for you on our website, PetLoverGeek.com. If you have any questions or ideas for future shows, send us a message on our Facebook page. That's the best way to get in touch with us. Or you can drop us an email at info at PetLoverGeek.com. And we are going to continue to bring you more science, geek, tech stuff for you and your pets. Until next time on Pet Lover Geek, brought to you by Pet Hub on Voice America. Thank you for tuning in this week for Pet Lover Geek. Please join your host, Lorian Clemens, for another edition on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go grab your best friend and take them out and enjoy the rest of your weekend.